independent filmmakers probably have it wrong. Hello, welcome to another Make a Feature Film podcast brought to you by Simplified Filming. Over at Simplified Filming, it's our goal to create a tribe of people that are making independent movies the indie way. There are thousands of feature films being made every single year. And only 1% of them will become successful and make their money back. It's our goal and my goal to teach you through this podcast and the group and the tribe at SimplifiedFilming.com how to make your movie from start to finish the indie way. That way you can become that 1%. So what is the indie way? We'll get into that in a few minutes. What I want to talk to you about is... The problem that I see with the indie filmmaker today. The indie filmmaker is basically just, it, it is separate from Hollywood, right? We don't, we have to come up with our own money. We have to distribute it ourselves. We have to do, we have to do all the work. That's the, the indie method, the independent, yeah, yeah the indie method way. The problem with this is, is the mindsets that the independent filmmaker begins to have and begins to develop. And so there can be, this can lend itself to a real, real danger. I want to talk about some of the dangerous mindsets that they have. There are certain filmmakers out there that have the mindset that they don't need to follow any of the rules that Hollywood has implemented over the last couple hundred years, or hundred years. I've seen filmmakers even go so far as to deny making a movie with a three-act structure. They end up saying something like, well, I don't want to be put in a box, so I'm not going to follow the three-act structure. You know, um, I've even heard, I'm not going to use the hero's journey. If you're not familiar with the hero's journey, there's a great book out there. Uh, what is it? A hero with a thousand heads. He talks. He takes stories from everywhere, all over the world, and analyzes them and finds out there's this particular story structure to our main character. Now, I want to address that if you decide to go against that, you're going against what has been programmed in people's minds or their expectations when listening or watching a story. So the problem with filmmakers is is because we're so far removed from Hollywood, we also want to remove ourselves even further by not following some of these fundamental rules. By not following some of the some of the business rules, and I'll get a lot more into the business in a moment. Independent filmmakers want to often throw their middle finger to the Hollywood system without properly even knowing what the Hollywood system is. And then this, in turn, makes their films just crap. Just absolutely terrible. Blinded by the idea, because they're passionate about it, therefore the story is good. Because maybe they improv it. Oh, and it was done on a low, super low budget. 
that, that they tend to think that maybe these, these novel ideas or this the attitude will carry their audiences through the movie, watching through the ads. Maybe they come up with a crazy idea to shoot a single-take movie all in their house, one guy making breakfast. It's called Breakfast. You know, it's all one shot, one hour. Well, guess what? You have to... It's like... The, the crazy or unique idea of that is not going to carry people through the next Geico ad. That's not going to carry people's attention through the next uh, <clears throat> the car commercial. Look, we have to... Our best weapon as Hollywood... Oh, excuse me, as independent filmmakers is our storytelling. We have to focus on the story. We have to focus on how to tell a good story. Why do people want this character? Character development. We have to develop these people. Now, I'm not against improvisation films, but there needs to be still a very strong structure. When I made Monster Gold, I knew I would be improving most of the lines. I literally had what uh, Alex Ferrari refers to as a script meant. That's what I had. Although I had specific notes that, like, I do have to say this. I had it uh, in italics if it was, this needs to be said to move the character forward, to represent his character's development. I still had the hero's journey in this improv-style movie. An improv-style movie still has a story structure. It still has a direction. It still has a, this is what is going to happen. This is the hero's journey. Here is the three-act structure. You're just improving some of the dialogue and some of the movements in the scene. But independent filmmakers often say, well, then that means I'll just start filming and see what happens, and then maybe it'll just start making sense. And who knows? Maybe somebody will just get lucky and still make a film that makes sense and that is entertaining and that is watchable. But I highly doubt it. Again, if you're making these films and they are getting certain views, it's probably just your supporters. People that are fascinated with that idea. And maybe that's enough for you. Maybe that's how you, you measure success. I talked to one filmmaker. He made his movie improv. And I was just curious. And he has it on this platform in which he can see what the audience retention is. And out of an hour and a half movie, he said his retention was 2%. That's like 10 minutes. So I, I, I just asked him, like, <laughs> you... You call that a good movie? <laughs> when people are only watching 10 minutes of your movie? You know, it's... The idea is great. Just get out there and make a movie. It's awesome. But you that comes with the realization that people may not watch your movie because it's probably going to suck and it's going to be bad. We can, and we absolutely must focus on story and telling a good story. Read books about it. Take courses. Write tons of short scripts. That way you get good at telling the hero's journey, developing the character. Get really good at writing dialogue. 
And even if you improv the dialogue, still have a structure to like, this is what they need to talk about. At some point, this line needs to be set to move the story forward or to make this scene make sense for the next scene or the setup of the next character. You still have to have this, this, this psychological structure to your story. That is our best weapon. Because guess what? There are tons of other filmmakers out there that, that are blowing money like crazy, like 250000 the ones that I call the middle-class filmmakers. They're not making their money back. Or if they do, it's very little, you know. And they have 250000 so they can even get like a C-list actor. They'll even be able to get like a large effects, uh, CGI, decent music, things like that. They have way more advantage to get somebody to click on their thumbnail on the streaming service rather than your $1,000 or $500 movie. What can capture their attention is your story. What's unique about it? Is it a really good story? Is it a well-told story? Do people care about the character? You know, have that MacGuffin that just really captures people right in the first that first ten minutes, which is where people tend to drift off of uh, feature films. Try to have that set up, and boom, capture them. Have them captured by how much they care about the character right off the bat. Keep them watching. You can learn this, and you can actually get good at it. People have been doing it for thousands of years, but they follow a system, and once they know that system, they can break out of it. Maybe they can do a four-act uh, movie or even a seven-act story. But you have to learn how to do the basics first. Now let's talk about the mistakes that they make on the business side of things. This this one's really you know, kind of urge me because I, I well, it does, it, it's more sad that I see filmmakers not making smart business decisions. So I didn't make a smart business decision with my first feature film. I was told by a lot of different filmmakers, just distribute it yourself. But of course I was incredibly clueless on how to do that. I'm like, how do I contact the markets? How do I get the movies like, in, you know, in Walmart and things like that? So, I signed my uh, deal with the devil, basically. Um, a distributor reached out to me, and uh, we worked on a deal. We negotiated back and forth, and he made it sound like, yeah, okay, they'll take a big compromise. It turns out that this deal was, it, it's not that it was intentionally bad, it just was definitely not a good deal. Especially with what they're doing with it. And they own all the rights. They negotiated with me to give me the rights back to sell DVDs from my website, which is like so. <laughs> that's uh, not that great. I mean, that's yeah. Um, but I can't sell ancillary products like T-shirts, mugs, things like that, and that's what I really wanted back. So, <sighs> filmmakers. Because they're often blinded and they're mistaking their, their passion for talent, they tend to not want to follow the Hollywood business system and kind of just 
And this rogue attitude that they've developed spills over into their financial and business decisions. They either sign their movie over to a, a crappy distributor or they make just bad decisions on how they distribute it. Put it out online for free, you know you're going to get your movie immediately snatched and then pirated somewhere. Same with um, same with anything. Once it's out online, you're, you're pretty much you're pretty much screwed. Or maybe this attitude of I'll only distribute it on YouTube. I think Dan Lotz does that with his film. He only wants to do that. I don't agree with that. I think that's a poor business decision. I love the idea of just leaving it there on YouTube. That's great. But he doesn't distribute it on any other platform. And he could. And he can't even monetize his video because he has copyrighted music in it, which is a fun discussion we had when we discussed it. Um, you know, so I, I really disagree with that. And I, I think if Dan were to take just a step back and realize that he, he could be making and double or triple his capabilities of making films by actually being able to get money for these movies if he were to st sorry, think a little more strategically and a little more like Hollywood as far as being as smart as you can. Um, Alex Ferrari calls it the film entrepreneur. I call it the indie-fied method. You got to think like a strong businessman and make small, smart business decisions with your movie. Dan Lodz would have a lot more money for his next big projects that he's doing. And we've discussed this, so it's not like I'm talking behind his back. Um, and he knows, but he, he's sticking with uh, the folk filmmaker of just releasing it on YouTube for now. He has mentioned that he does want to release it on other platforms later. But I think, I think there can be this, this blinding and this rogue feeling that we get or, you know, flipping the bird to the system. And that can, that can ultimately be dangerous and, and detrimental to our business, to our plans, to our future as filmmakers. I think it's very important that we take a step back and we start thinking of it like a business, like we literally open an LLC for it so that way we can do our taxes properly. We, we very carefully make sure we don't use intellectual property so we don't get sued. We ask permission to go shoot on people's property. We get client form releases. We get, we do all these things. We do the proper steps that Hollywood would do. We just do it the indie version. There's uh, Jay Horton. I want to have a conversation with him on this because I'm sure he would agree with this. Like you, you have to do it right. You know, we do our films on, on ultra low budget and our movies in a super low budget. But what we do is we do it the indie way. We do it the real way. We do it the smart way. We do it the getting all the legal licenses that we need, the release forms. We, we, we do that all. So that way that frees us up to being able to, A, have this film forever. B, have it on multiple platforms and continue to create a stream of passive income. Once you build up a portfolio like Jay Horton's got, you know, give this guy 10 more years, he's probably going to have a very handsome stream of passive income. But you can't do that 
if your movie's got a lot of intellectual property in it and you get sued and your film gets compensated or you get a cease and desist notice. And don't think this won't happen to you. It happens to people. So I'm telling you, do it the indie way. Be smart. Be strategic. Look at how the business side of filmmaking is done at the Hollywood level and then just simply indie it. If you get a chance, go to your state, whatever state you're in, go to that state's film office. So it should be yourstate.filmoffice.gov, typically. And they post when there's video projects or movie projects coming into your area. If you're in Georgia, you probably just turn around and throw a rock and you'll hit the director in the head. But, and uh, here in Kalispell, Montana, it's becoming... Hollywood 3.0, I'm not joking, because we just, and I was a part of, we just actually uh, helped pass a bill giving massive tax incentives. So we're just barely behind Georgia as far as places to shoot. So people don't have to bypass us up to Canada anymore to get some good tax benefits for filming. So they're stopping pretty much just right here in uh, Northwest Montana, uh, and a lot of it in the Flathead Valley where I live, which is great. But my point is, I want you to go there, find a film set, try to, and hire on as a PA. The, the work is grueling, I'm telling you, man. It sucks. I hate being a PA. It's like, I don't care what big movie it is. But it is fun the first time. But do it. So you get a concept of like how big, and you can observe how important all these little functions work. Just from the business side. You know, you, you don't have to do the oh hair and makeup trailer oh that's we're not making a movie if we don't have the hair and makeup trailer you know don't uh don't get your head so far up your butt you can smell what you ate for breakfast there are filmmakers that do that and i talked about that in another episode of people that are insisting their sets bigger than it actually is but what i want you to do is i want you to go to these sets okay and observe how the business side is and if you're a pa maybe just ask i would really like to run all of the uh the documents and the forms and be a, a, I can't remember what they call them, like a, like a form runner or something like that. But they're the ones that run around, make sure that everybody's got all their NDAs, everybody's got all of their documents, they process, they scan them. That, that would be just like a college education to be able to do that. But it will help you understand how that, all of that's handled, how the money is flows, how the money is, is handled. It'll give you a really strong grasp on what your film, what you need to potentially do, and, and how you'll take what you saw there and indify it for your small budget film. So that way you ensure your success. Look, films fail all the time. And it doesn't mean fail as in they just didn't get funded, but we're talking like get funded, get made, and get released. And they fail on all sorts of different spots. You know, we're basically playing Russian Relay. We've got all of these bullets in the chamber that are failures. And we've got only one empty chamber. So we've got to increase our odds and our knowledge to make sure that when we pull the trigger on our movie, that it's on that empty chamber. The analogy is a little weird, but... So, we've got to get our arrogant heads out of our butts. We've got to stop flipping a bird to the Hollywood system 
observe what they've done, follow what they've done, indify what they've done, go out and make our movies. I hope you found that interesting. This one's a little bit longer. I can't wait. I want to try and have a conversation with Jay Horton about this. At some point, I'll reach out to him or maybe he'll reach out to me. Either way, there are filmmakers out there that are doing it right, that are doing it the smart way. And it's very, very important that we mimic that and we look at successful filmmakers that are successful and, and, and follow their lead. Anyway, that's going to be it for this episode. Don't forget, in the meantime, always be creative.